1: Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want as we bring you a special edition, finishing up Brit Week, as we meet two amazing people from across the pond. We talked to Melissa Todd earlier in the week, and now we get an opportunity to speak to someone who makes fitness so much fun by taking us back to the 80s. Lena Ledman is an artist based in Surrey in the UK. She works as a cabaret performer and producer, a 1980s inspired fitness instructor, a photographer, a model, and a muse. We thought she was just this amazing fitness instructor, but discovered she's so much more. And you'll find out too. Lena Ledman on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It's five
0: questions about memorable firsts. We call it The First 5.
1: First time you ever saw an 80s aerobics video. Oh my gosh.
2: I don't even know. I was born in the 80s, but I was very young so I can't really remember seeing it then. So I was I was born in 84 um it's probably sometime in the 90s because they were still kind of going strong in the 90s and people were still doing them and you still had the um breakfast tv workouts and mm-hmm. stuff like Mr Motivator did you guys did you guys have Mr Motivator no. oh what a guy <laughs> you'll have to look him up <laughs> so great And um, but he was really kind of he was still wearing the kind of colorful leotards and and telling people to come on get up do five more over breakfast um so I'm gonna say Mr. Motivator in the early 90s is my first taste so it's not I guess it's not genuine 80s but I think it's feeding off of it (laughs) am I allowed that
1: perfectly fine (laughs) first time you ever set foot on stage and your emotions going through it
2: Oh wow well actually I was talking to my mother the other day and um, she reminded me of a pantomime that I was in as a kid um, (laughs) from a local drama group and how painful it was for her to come and watch it because it was so awful. Um, So (laughs) I was in a local pantomime probably at the age of 10 and I played Aladdin Uh, (laughs) and I remember being extremely nervous because I hadn't learned any of my lines I just kind of I just went on and someone fed me the lines from the, from the wings. It was horrendous. And no wonder if it was painful to watch, but there we go. Aladdin age 10, I'm going to say.
1: And I'll mention to our audience here in the States that a pantomime is what we would call a play. <laughs> <laughs> you just can... don't have pantomimes. Pantomime in the States is the, basically being a mime, the <laughs> oh the thing, really? how
2: fascinating
1: <laughs> right <laughs> not a lot of people like mimes but that's just the, that's a cultural thing I don't know why I do know some
2: lovely mimes <laughs> but just to say also a pantomime in the UK it's not just a play it's it's really camp play so you've ah. got dames and people in drag and it's very colorful and a bit silly so it's not kind of an Arthur Miller kind of thing
1: first time you performed a burlesque show and your thoughts when you removed the first garment
2: (laughs) specifically the first garment um I can remember this it was 16 years ago and nervous I felt ill um and I was having a lovely time I got up on stage it was in a a working man's club. I don't know if you have working men's clubs. Um, <laughs> they're usually kind of lower class, oh. <laughs> lower class um, pubs. Okay. Um, but they kind of had a, a resurgence in the two thousands, and they kind of got some nice neon lights in, and they could be, started being the cool place to be. Um, <laughs> so it was in a working man's club, and despite being incredibly nervous, I I got on stage and I did the the strip tease and. And I remember feeling really jubilant. I've done it. This is the start of something really big.
1: (laughs) First time you realized that you wanted to do a 1980s inspired workout. And what was it that inspired you? (laughs) Well,
2: I think that's a big question. No, it's not. It's a small question. Thank you for asking. Um, But It's a big answer. So I'm going to try and keep it succinct. Um, I've. I wanted to teach an 80s workout for many years, but I didn't think it was something that I could do. But then during lockdown, when I didn't have much else going on, that's when I decided this is something I'm going to do. And I did it. There we go.
1: What, and I encourage you to tell us as much as you want to. (laughs) What was it that made you just say, the 1980s is the era that I'd like to absolutely encapsulate and be able to bring to the audience? What was it about that style of aerobics and that style that just attracted you?
2: I love that question because, again, it's a big answer, but... OK, first up, we've obviously and give got us a big l- answer. Big, oh, please, I can we'd I, love it's not one. got to be really quick. OK, no. <laughs> Great, <laughs> let's do it. We got first. So obvious the style. Everyone looks amazing in leotards, spandex, sneakers, leg warmers. I just think it looks fantastic. Um, it's such a strong look. And then the music. I just love the music. Always have. But then when I started looking deeper into it, there was a lot more to it. Uh the 80s was the first time that women really got into gyms like before the 80s gyms were men only areas like steak and eggs you're gonna come in and pump your iron have your steak go home the women are not welcome <laughs> but until the 80s when suddenly they were allowed and and people like jane Fonda and um miss jazzercise etc etc started encouraging this and started to encourage women and there was a lot of emancipation and and obviously women going into the workplace as well a lot more Um, so it just became the time when women were taking the power back and saying wait a minute we can do this too we can get strong and hold our own space Um, and I think that's just such a brilliant feeling and such such something great to imagine happening and it must have just felt great for the women involved maybe a bit frightening for the men who knows uh, <laughs> so there was that and also um I think the thing about 80s workouts is that they look so fun and sometimes quite funny <laughs> and and they do get made fun of a lot but the exercises like really work like there's a reason that they were done like these funny little movements in the hip thrusts they're brilliant ways to strengthen our areas of your body and look, look super cool at the same time so there's my answer <laughs>
1: Final question in our first five. First time you looked in the mirror and realized, I am living my authentic life.
2: Oh, wow. That's recent. That's really recent. Um, probably in the last year or so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm coming up to 40 and uh, in the next few years and it's just occurred to me. And, and every time I, I work, so every time I teach a workout class or I, I'm backstage at a show or on stage, I, I have these realizations. I'm just so lucky to be doing this and it's exactly what I want to do. And I'm being a good person and I'm helping people. And I feel like, yeah, finally <laughs> I've reached some some place where I feel like I'm my authentic self and I think it's a good person, hopefully.
1: When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we will continue this journey that started for me by seeing 80s style aerobics. And then I discovered more. And you'll find out when we return.
0: Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at VenusConnections.com. That's VenusConnections.com.
1: Realizing that you're a polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on polyspecific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of polyspecific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com.
0: This is Tanya Tate. And have you listened to my podcast? Tanya Tate presents MILFs Making Money. I share a whole lot of positivity, tips and tools on how myself and other women in the adult industry make money on premium social media platforms. If you want to hear me interview many different guests, then get yourself over there, milfsmakingmoney.com And you can also search my name, Milfs Making Money, on all of your usual podcast platforms. And if you enjoyed listening to What Women Want podcast, make sure you get yourself over and subscribe to my podcast, milfsmakingmoney.com. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Throughout the years of my career, people have always kind of defaulted as treating me like a victim. And I have kind of equated it to the character I created, Jewel Marceau, the damsel in distress. And I wonder if that hasn't just leaked over into people's minds that Jewel Marceau is this damsel in distress and she's just always needs to be rescued and she's so helpless and oh poor her. And this is another reason as to why I have wanted to become a dominatrix.
1: Raw emotions Honest Truth from the Icon, Mistress Jewel Marceau, April 5th, on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
0: We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, And for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
1: Welcome back to the show. Joined by Lena Ledman from Solid Gold Fitness. And oh my gosh, when I saw the name Solid Gold Fitness, it brought back so many memories. Because you are in the UK, you may not know about what solid gold means, but I see you nodding your head. (laughs) Solid gold would be to America what top of the pops is to Great Britain. Mm -hmm. And there were these set of spandex-clad dancers that basically took my 1980s and made me just go, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and you top and of the both. pops had some of those too yeah when you would watch top of the pops and if solid gold did in fact come over to the uk were you just going that's me that's me
2: <laughs> <laughs> no well i tell you what i don't remember solid Gold coming to the uk but again i was very young in the 80s we had our own kind of version. There was Pans People and Legs and Co, mm-hmm. uh, who were brilliant when you look back but nowhere near as cool as the Solid gold Dancers. <laughs> like, really kind of kitsch and, and dated. Um, they're fantastic to watch, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I feel like, doesn't everyone just have a, a little want to be a performer of some kind? Isn't that just, everyone wants to step into the limelight
1: well, some people, the introverts may not want to, but there are those of us who eventually, age 40 for me, decided yeah. that I was going to get up on stage and just have fun. Oh,
2: I love that. I love that.
1: Well, I was a oh, well, television announcer and a television producer, so I guess I was always up on stage, except my stage had a camera on it.
2: Of course, it's the same difference, isn't it? But that's great. I feel and uh, like you say, there's no age limit either. And that's something that we're learning, I think, and it's becoming more apparent um, as we, well, in the 2020s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a big kind of boost to older people doing what they want and taking up space. And um, I don't know, I think a few years ago, once you got to 40, you might, that might have been your, your ceiling you don't, nothing else can happen, but now we're finding that we can do whatever we want Sorry, I digress. When did I see that I wanted that to be me? I don't remember. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you
1: obviously love the outfits and they are one of a kind. As a matter of fact, I always shake my head when I see something like Netflix glow, where I go, they didn't get it right. They didn't put shiny tights <laughs> on her or yeah. it's not shiny enough or, <laughs> 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 and it's to me, I literally did grow up in the eighties. That's when I was going to high school. So I would see Pat Benatar in her leotards and tights and her cat suits. And I would see these aerobics teachers and then here's where I really went down the rabbit hole. I attended a place called The Workout in Dallas, Texas.
2: You make my a heartbeat fast. I'm so excited to hear about it.
1: And it was an 80s Aerobics studio. Wood floor, mirrors everywhere. And it also happened to be the workout place for many of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. <laughs>
2: Okay, now we're cooking.
1: I went to work out legitimately, but I will totally admit that the 21-year-old John was in there looking at these women in head-to-toe spandex and going,
2: <sighs> <laughs> And suddenly you're in the best shape of your life. I just can't yes. stay with him.
1: <laughs> so what is it about the look for you? Because obviously, like Superman putting on his tights or Batgirl putting on her catsuit, there's a certain empowerment that goes with it for you.
2: Yeah. You know what? I think it's so brilliant to just put something on that's figure-hugging and just showing yourself as you are. But there's nowhere to hide in a leotard and, and uh, <laughs> shimmer tights, you know, <laughs> that you just like, this is what I look like. I look great. Um, I think I think everyone looks fantastic wearing that stuff. And I know a lot of people shy away from it because, oh, it is tight and people will see my body. But that's what people want to see. And that's what you should be proud enough to show off. You know, you should you shouldn't be afraid to to show your true self, as we said before. But I just think it's brilliant to shroud yourself in things that are just so skin tight that you're just on display but at the same time everything's enhanced so you're bright pink and you're proud of it you know there's all these colors and you're drawing attention to yourself and I just think that's wonderful and super sexy
1: yes this is true (laughs) I find the look to be not only empowering, but this will this will cater to your theater self as well. When lights hit it, it creates almost a show that displays your body in a way that you would have never imagined.
2: Yeah, that's so poetic. <laughs> it's lovely, you're right, you're right. And to add to that, there's nowhere for your sweat to hide as well. So you've got these beautiful lights bouncing off of every curve and then you've got these dark patches that really, as women, we're told that we shouldn't have, Um, we should be perfect. If we're working out, we shouldn't sweat because that's disgusting, you know. (laughs) But when you're wearing spandex, there it is, right there. It soaks in and you show it off and it's something to be proud of. Um, So there's like an added little strength, I
1: think. I promise that I will remove the subject matter of being the clothes altogether, but I'm going to share one more thing with you that we've talked about in this show, because many of my guests wear latex catsuits or wear very tight fitting clothing, and most of them are one piece. Uh, whether they be cat suits or sometimes they are leotards and tights in some ways. And I have explained that the joy of wearing a cat suit or leotards and tights is actually the mindfulness exercise that goes on. And that is when you put them on and you consciously think about what is being touched and then you realize everything is being touched. Huh? Then your mind concentrates on different parts of your body that you might not have thought of.
2: Wow.
1: <laughs> you, never you are realize so you, meet,
2: you never I mean, realize you meet somebody who
1: romanticized leotards and tights and catsuits <laughs> <Yeah>. so much.
2: <laughs> You've really thought about this, haven't you?
1: I have i've had a few yeah. years
2: <laughs> yeah that's a really interesting way to put it um i don't wear latex very often i um i model and there's a photographer i model for who has quite a big selection so i think in the last year i've been trying a bit of latex i don't know if i enjoy it I, because i like to be comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which hence the the sportswear and uh, mm-hmm. um but it looks good um <laughs> and the way the light shines off of it and the way it squeezes you it does look good but yeah i think uh, something to be explored there
1: i will introduce you to my friend trinity who owns shine fitness training soon to be in miami currently in pittsburgh and they have a workout called Late exercise they because don't. they love working out in latex. Wow. And what it does is it inspires others to feel that they can be empowered. And they were actually the one that inspired me to get back working out. I do step aerobics every morning before How I go to work.
2: You. That's amazing.
1: I have a an instructor out of Philadelphia. Uh, Christina Dorner who's absolutely wonderful and I admit it I throw on my leotards and tights because it's what makes it fun for me.
2: That's all that matters.
1: (laughs) And if it's that little thing that gets me working out I'll take it.
2: Yeah (laughs) great. So have you tried the what was it late exercise?
1: I have not because I don't have the, the proper outfit to do it. You really can't do it in a catsuit because I think you'd kill yourself. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be moist. You might drown. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, but uh, I, I do have a latex catsuit and I'm trying to get it to fit properly. I'm going to have to do some alterations, but okay. yes, I do. Amazing. Pretty cool. All right, I promise we will get off the clothes part and let's talk about the (laughs) inspiration part. What is it like through your Solid Gold Fitness to hear the stories of inspiration that you have brought people to a place that they didn't know they could get?
2: It is wonderful and sometimes has brought me to have a little moisture in the eye (laughs) (laughs) some of the uh, things that people have said once they've joined classes and um and some people who've just suddenly felt comfortable being able to move their bodies and not be judged and do it in a in a space like a safe space that um that lets them be themselves really and to have a laugh and to not take ourselves seriously and yeah, it's it's so nice. And I, I really that wasn't something that I was expecting when I started it, I thought it would just be like me and a couple of friends, maybe every now and again, doing some workouts, but it's become a regular thing. And with regular participants who have become empowered and just found this, this little spark inside themselves to, to want to move and to get strong for the right reasons. So yeah, it's absolutely fantastic.
1: One of the things about 80s workouts and even 90s workouts with Step and with Christina, who works with me, is it's so positive. I remember taking gym classes in high school, and it was, if you can't do this push up, we're going to make you run 20 laps. <laughs> yeah. And the thought of fitness was, oh God, I got to do that. <laughs> and now, it's a case of positivity and motivation. Where do you, obviously you've lived in the world of positivity and motivation. I can't imagine somebody being told, well, if you mess this up, you're going to do it five more times and feel like they ever want to come back.
2: No. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it works for some people, but uh, not the majority of us. Um, I think it's more about looking at the reasons that you're doing it and and I think with solid gold fitness where we don't really advocate working out for weight loss it's not really what it's about and it but if that's a byproduct and that makes you happy then brilliant but really um I I just want people to be their strongest self so not just their outer body but their hearts and their lungs um and then and therefore their whole kind of being and their mindsets um so that's, that's really what we look for. And, and I try and tell people that in the class that we're not just doing this so we can get our beach bodies, you know, quote, unquote, <laughs> we're doing this so we can be our best selves and we can be stronger and live longer and have the best time that we can.
1: Do you have a backstory that got you into this of wanting to share fitness with folks? I know uh, the, some of the previous guests that are fitness instructors have have talked about well I, I wasn't exactly who I thought I'd be when I was a teenager but did you have some sort of backstory that makes you who you are today? It's funny
2: because as we get older we learn more and more about our past selves which informs us why we are as we are now really um, and I'm still I'm still learning. Um, i'm so different to my parents me and my brother are very different to to our parents um we love them to bits and we get on really well but my brother and i are very creative um and uh, i'm like going an abstract i guess mm-hmm. might be the right word and my parents aren't really anything like that um so we kind of have a lot of chats where we look into why we're so different and how we ended up like this. And I mean, it's too too big a story to go into now, I think, um, or, or too kind of convoluted because we haven't quite figured it out. Uh, <laughs> um, but on top of that, for some reason I've always, always just been like positive pam. <laughs> I just don't always been really positive um and trying to look for the, the brightness and the lightness and everything. Um, even when times are tough and that's difficult to do. I've always been the kind of person who strives to do that. And really, I haven't figured out why yet. On
1: that Were part. you the type of person that people look up to and say, Lena lights up a room when she comes in?
2: <laughs> um, I believe that that has been said. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hard to acknowledge that because... You don't want to come across as a big head. Um, or oh, it, It's hard to kind of self-congratulate, but that things like that have been said, as they have been said about many other people. Um, so yeah, yeah, okay, yes.
1: I light up a room. One thing that can come with that, however, is when you hear it so many times, you start wondering, okay, why did they say this? And then you start going down this rabbit hole of, Am I really that person? There's no way I can be this person. Oh, I have to be that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you ever feel like that?
2: I do question, for example, if I go into a shop and buy something and they'll say, oh my gosh, it's, you're so nice. So thanks for being so lovely today. And I've literally just gone and said, hi, can I have this, please? And you think, I, I think how must all of the other customers have been for me to have stood out. In particular, when I wasn't doing anything, I wasn't on show or I wasn't like turned on in show mode. You know, (laughs) it's just like a day to day occurrence. So I do wonder more about other people and and are they really sad? (laughs) Are they just? Yeah. So that's what I question, really. I don't really feel like I have to put on a pretense for anything. No,
1: I'd love for you to discuss this. The difference between being nice and being kind.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. What would you say it was?
1: I'd say nice wants something from you. Kind gives it freely.
2: Nice wants something. So you think if I was being nice to you, I'd be after something.
1: In some connotations. At least in America right now, if you are considered being nice, people think they w- that you want something from them. If hard? you're being kind, you are giving freely and there's no pretense to it. And it's really sad for me because I've always said, yeah, I've, I've always been the nice guy. Yeah. It's sad for me that in this culture, being nice is now considered sometimes a negative. I've and never you have heard to, that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it happens in the States. Huh? We're in a, and I was watching a, a TV show this morning talking about having to watch everything that you say because somebody will read something into it. Yeah. Even saying, I hope you have a great day. And people are like, oh, yeah, they're just saying that. As oh. opposed to. <laughs> I genuinely hope you have a wonderful day, because I know that, and especially here in America, and I do bash America a lot, and I do apologize for those who are holding their flags and going, America. Um, (laughs) But we have situations where so many people will come at you, as opposed to so many people just talking with you. And if you imagine how many awful people you talk about the shop owner and you simply say, hey, I'd like to have this. Thank you so much. How many people have had the shop owner saying, well, you don't have anything I want here? Or are you going to give me any service? Or I, why are you being so rude when they're just going, that's $9.99, sir? <laughs> yeah. And it saddens me because I am one of those people that say, uh, people say that I light up the room when I walk in. They don't know the darkness that I have at home. They don't know the anxiety and the depression part of it. And I've, I've talked about it openly on the show. And that's one of the reasons I started working out, was to try to clear my mind of that. And for that half an hour, not be thinking of all the crap that's going on. Not be thinking of all the stuff I have to do, but be thinking of damn, my legs good when uh, legs look good <laughs> when I do this knee rise. <laughs> Great. So that's why I asked the question, and now that uh, I will re-ask it in a with a British perspective, is there a difference in the UK? Um yeah well when you you mentioned
2: um people coming at you straight away rather than wanting a discussion um and I think that's the same here I think well I think it started on social media really and and you have to be you're afraid now of what you say and you kind of vet everything that you type just in case something could be misunderstood or construed in a different way than what you meant and then rather than people coming to you saying oh actually I don't really think that's a good thing to say they'll say you said this you're a bad person um which is really difficult uh but in real life (laughs) in the real world not online i don't i i can't get my head around that nice v kind Hmm. thing i don't think (laughs) i mean you get people who are obviously faking being nice um but you can figure those out straight away and you just they're not part of your life but yeah no i think nice and kind are pretty uh similar and it is a shame because i like you said you you think of yourself as a nice person and i do too i think i am a nice person and people can come to me and they can ask me anything and i'm going to be nice and honest um where did we where did we get to this from
1: <laughs> I, was asking, I went rambling there i was asking asking what you thought the difference between nice and kind was and in- I think we've had an interesting discussion about kind of the way things are right now and why we try to be the nice or kind people that we are. Because, Lena, yeah. that's what makes you beautiful. I mean, it's not, it's not the outside figure. It is not the appearance. It is what comes out of your heart.
2: Absolutely Um, and again I keep saying as we get older we realize but we do like when you're in your 20s you might look at the beautiful person standing there and think oh wow they're so amazing and even if they're toxic you'll still hang around them but then we get to 30 40 you start and I and I have Learned to cut people out. I've learned to be really cutthroat and to just to get rid of people from my life. I don't kill them, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just stop talking to them. <laughs> um, and it was really difficult at first, but actually, it's very freeing. And once you take that initial step and, and say, I do not want this person to be part of that, my life, they're not good for me, and you cut off ties, it's a horrible feeling. But then the following weeks, months, years, fantastic and it's so good to have that power to to look after yourself and just surround yourself with people who are genuinely nice and kind.
1: To go back to the original premise of our show Mm. what is a good way of someone to connect with you in a genuine manner?
2: As in how to approach me? I just I love people to be open and warm. I just because I am (laughs) and I want to be able to go up to someone and say hi my name's Lena I really like what you do or how you look or whatever and I want them to be able to reciprocate and just not feel affronted and not feel shy and and I know that a lot of a lot of the time people who are standoffish with you it comes from a place of lack of confidence doesn't it it's because they don't feel great in themselves it's not because they think they're high and mighty but that's how it comes across sometimes. And I just wish that people felt that confidence to be able to just talk back to me and say the things that they actually feel. So that's how people should approach me with openness and honesty.
1: Because, and we will be talking about this after the break, but because you do other performing other than aerobics where people see you in a much different light, where there can be some objectification and some sexualization of you. Is there always this part of trusting that is very difficult because you don't know what people's intentions are, especially in that kind of light?
2: Uh, Funny, you should say that because it ties into cutting people out because I used to be so trusting. And because I just expected everyone to be the same as me and to not lie and to not let me down. Um, So I would just let anyone in and I'd become their best friend and then I'd be hurt by them. So now I'm much more guarded. I don't let that come across, but I only let people into the inner chambers um, if I learn to trust them over time. So yeah, it, it does take a while, and and I, and I keep people at a distance without letting them know until it's time to let them in.
1: Personal question, and mm. it's totally up to you whether you want to answer it. Have you been able to find the right kind of love for you? Yes,
2: I have a love. <laughs> I have lots of loves, but I have one love who's also a lover. Um, we've been married for a long time. We've been married for 16 years, I think. Um, and his name's Jamie and we have the best time together we just we've grown around each other and and kind of intertwined as we've got older and we just laugh so much and we bounce ideas and nothing's off limits um, and we have a great time we don't really argue or fight uh, (laughs) but there's still passion like we still make out really happily <laughs> regularly <laughs> um so yeah he's the perfect fit and he taught me he's taught me lots over the years about being honest and open and sharing my feelings so yeah i found love and it's really lovely and it's not what i expected
1: and when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want we are going to talk about that other side that i teased a little bit because the art of teasing is what it's all about when we return mm-hmm. Hi folks, Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and paperback today to start your female-led journey. And good luck. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about my friends at Lotus Blooms. Lotus Blooms is an adult shop with a different kind of feel. You'll notice the difference when you walk into the warm, welcoming shop where everyone is welcome and celebrated. They offer a beautiful collection of size-inclusive lingerie and steel bone corsets, and their staff loves helping folks find something they feel amazing in. They also carry a curated collection of body-safe sex toys and vibrators, impact toys, and restraints. And their incredible staff are trained as educators, and they look forward to helping you explore your pleasure. Visit them in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., or shop online at www.lotusblooms.com.
0: Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the total archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want.
1: Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want joined by lena ledman of solid gold fitness and there's this other part of you the 100 watt charged part of you <laughs> that is not just fitness presenter but is also showgirl vaudevillian model producer and burlesque mentor where did this part of you come from <laughs>
2: <laughs> this part came from i suppose it came from a, a need to show off maybe um and as a teen i always wanted to be a stripper i just, I just really? looked at um yeah i looked at that kind of scene and i thought that's something i want to be in but i was a a metalhead as a teenager I, saw, I was kind of gothy and you know um in in that kind of alternate alternative lifestyle I didn't feel like I would fit in to a mainstream kind of stripper environment mm. the music and the look just wasn't me at all um and but also body wise as well I'm, I'm quite small and pretty I'm not shapeless but I'm quite straight up and down I've got little boobs like not the kind of mainstream idea of what what a second is you know Um, so I always had that want to to do striptease of some sort but I didn't feel like I could jump into it and then my friend got married and we went and she had these burlesque performers at the reception they just popped up and did a little dance and it was so cute um and sexy and they just looked fantastic with all this kind of old school style and one was dressed as a little pussy cat, and she took her little corset off and um and I was quite young at the time I was probably early 20s and I just thought that's it that's what I want to do um I found it because you still still striptease you're still performing but there was also the element of control and creativity and just a freedom to do anything that you wanted with it not just put on a usa print bikini and swing around a pole and i know there's more to strip strip stripping mainstream stripping than that but at the time
1: (laughs) makes me want Um, to say
2: (laughs) (laughs) murica no i do i really respect um strippers and what they do um mainstream strippers but um at the time i just thought that's not me um, so, yeah, I put together a, a little act. It was like a cutesy little sailor strip to use a really kitsch song that makes me feel a bit sick now when I want to listen to it. Um, and I just got onto some stages at local shows and kind of it grew from there. So it was kind of a hobbyist thing. And then it took maybe 10 or so years until it became an actual proper, fully fledged job. Um, so it was a long haul and there was lots to learn and I'm still learning along the way um but just having the best time with
1: it so that's where it came from it speaks to the creative side of you yes was there something that came out of that that was totally unexpected for you that brought out a side of you that you didn't expect
2: yeah um as as we went on as we went on, the royal we, just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I went on and I kept making these acts that they were kind of straight up striptease with like twists and cute costumes and stuff. But then I started experimenting with being funny and making people laugh. And that's something that I never thought would be a thing. But since then I've created kind of characters, comedy characters who sing songs and, and actually, they're the ones that I love performing the most because I just love going out and have people rolling around and laughing and crying. And it's just such a wonderful feeling because I feel like when you're when you're doing a striptease, it's a natural instinct to, to clap and to cheer and say, this is great. But you can't really fake laughing and audiences don't really if they're not finding something funny, they won't laugh. So when you know that they're laughing truly, it's just such the best feeling.
1: makes me really happy. I take a look at your different characters Mm -hmm. and we have the dirty boogie. we have a classic fan dance, we have an 80s fantasy, we have Auntie May, (laughs) we have Cheryl Cole, which I laugh about and I guarantee you that 99% of my (laughs) listeners in the United (laughs) States are going Cheryl Cole but then if you never got a chance to watch the British X Factor and realize that you can't understand a word Cheryl Cole is actually saying, <laughs> where did the characters come from? So Cheryl Cole,
2: the Cheryl Cole comes from the same neck of the woods that I do. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's just a bit more broad with her accent, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so my character cheryl cole which is spelt differently Mm -hmm. i mean oh it's convoluted story okay so coal mining is big where we me and cheryl grew up Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i've changed her surname to cole spelt c-o-a-l okay we're gonna forget that cut that bit out babes (laughs) 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 okay (laughs) we're gonna start that again okay
1: I'm going to write down, (laughs) cut out Cheryl Cole.
2: (laughs) Oh, the coal mining talk, yeah.
1: (laughs) Gotcha.
2: Okay, um, so um, Cheryl Cole is a stereotypical look at women who come from the northeast of England, which is actually where I come from, so I'm allowed. Um, (laughs) But the stereotypical woman from the northeast is... She wears a mini skirt and a crop top in winter. She's got her makeups, the complete wrong tone for her face. Um, you know, she's kind of loose and easy, which is absolutely fine. But it's funny to play with that. Um, and she's got a very broad accent, which comes across as a bit um, stupid. <laughs> um so that's where Cheryl comes from and she's so much fun and I, I actually hosted a show as her last night um <laughs> and it's just so silly and I it's hard to explain I wish that um I wish that culture from the northeast is more well known in America because uh then you guys could play with me on it but <laughs> um that's where Cheryl comes from she's a stereotype and Auntie May is also a stereotype of a do you guys know what a Cockney is?
1: I know what Cockney is, but Cockney, it's...
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> if, the way I would explain it is, if and most people aren't, most people aren't uh, old enough <laughs> to remember this, but if Uh-oh. they saw the movie Oliver, that shows you how dated <laughs> <Yeah>. I am. <laughs> that would be
2: Cockney. Everybody loves Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but yet these characters. It's a really nice nice way to play in an industry where you spend a lot of time trying to make yourself into the caricature of a beautiful woman. Um, So when you get a chance to play being someone who's not actually very attractive, says exactly what thinks and doesn't care, that's really fun. And it's really nice because when you take your makeup off at the end of the night, you actually feel pretty for once. (laughs) (laughs) Usually when you take your show makeup off, you're like, oh, God, I look like a slug. But when you take Auntie May's makeup off, you're like, oh, I look like an actual human now. It's great.
1: If you look at the website, which we will link to in the show notes, which is linamay.com, L-E-N-A a m a you can see pictures of all of these characters that i'm talking about and right under auntie may is i'm a man
2: ah oh, yeah
1: <laughs> now this must be fun for you although i don't know where all that blonde haired would go but
2: <laughs> so this um i made for a fantastic show in london which it's called the great cabaret fuck about and people yeah obviously i mean it's a great start isn't it um but it's for cabaret performers to get up and do something that's really different to what they would normally do um and i heard this amazing track by a band called pissed jeans um where they have uh, a woman I can't remember her name that's terrible but she's a well-known kind of writer and feminist she comes on and she does this monologue about toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and all the things that men say to you in the office and it's just so sickening and she does it with such venom um it gives you goosebumps and I thought I want people to hear this track so um I made a, a lip sync act and I don't dress as a man but I um dress more mask I just wear things that I have like a suit and the hair's back and stuff and I lip sync to it and it's wonderful to do because these are things that we get spat at us day after day Mm -hmm. as women and you just kind of accept them and you're like oh that's fine for someone to say to me yeah no worries I get that all the time but really we (laughs) shouldn't put up with it um and just to have them laid out in a track like that it makes it funny and Unbelievable, so that's what I'm a man's about. Just kind of saying, hang on a minute, like you guys say this stuff to, all the time, and it's not acceptable. You actually coming across as a real dick. <laughs> so that's what that uh, act is about. And it's I've only done it once at that at that cabaret fuck about um, last year,
1: but I'd like to get that out more and more. One of my absolute crushes is Jessie J. Okay, and I fell in love with her. Uh, when I heard uh, the first song I ever heard of hers was do it like a dude. which yeah. if you I think I heard
2: that the, for the first time the other day.
1: Really? <laughs> Did you hear the explicit version?
2: No, I, it was just kind of on in the background and someone said, is this Jesse Jay? And I was like, Oh, what's come on then. What happens?
1: The explicit version is very much her ode to I can be as much of a dick as a woman if I need to be, if you're going to be a dick to me. Fat And I've never heard that. And I'm putting that down as something I want to start using. <laughs> <laughs> people are going, what is as ever? Because I'm always <laughs> using as ever and you lot. And people are going, what are you talking about? Are they because I, I, I am that. an anglophile of the <laughs> highest order. But we are in a culture where the lack of respect from males is so difficult and we talked about it early in the show. So have you had the nice person that Lena Ledman is? Have you discovered yourself being more hardened by the inappropriate behavior of some guys or have you found yourself being more proud of the person that you are because it doesn't bother you as much? Um, I I think
2: me and a lot of my contemporaries actually have just learned how to say no like no I don't want to give you my number no I don't want to do anything with you whereas before we try and make excuses oh I'm seeing someone oh you know we shouldn't have to say I'm seeing someone to not give our number to 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 a man you know we should just be able to say no but because we're kind of conditioned to do everything that men want we we find it difficult to say to turn them down and also (laughs) there's also the aspect where um if you do turn a man down then you'll get um aggression backwards back from it Mm -hmm. which is frightening um so yeah as I've I've found that now I don't mind just saying no and not worrying about hurting a man's feelings because I don't want to go out with them or you know um that's really freeing and an overused term would be empowering but it, it really is
1: so with that culture, it must be amazing to have such a supportive love that not only accepts you for doing all the wonderful things that you do, but empowers you in doing so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's wonderful. You do hear a lot of stories about people, about women who want to do things, and then their other half or their respective partner has said i'm not comfortable with you doing that you can't um and i can't imagine living like that really um it would just be so limiting and and just to not have that respect for that person to say yes do what you feel you need to do would be so sad um So, yeah, he's really, really supportive. And actually, I have him working for me now. Um, (laughs) He comes uh, to stage manage a lot of my shows. So, um, because he's a performer as well. So he knows that other performers want to be comfortable. They want to have, not worry about having things in place. So he's in that mindset already. So when he's not working, he'll come to my shows and he'll stage manage for me. And he's very cheap. So.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, love. I won't pay you in quid, but I will pay you in a lovely kiss afterwards.
2: Exactly. Spot on. (laughs) Levels go up depending on how good a job he does.
1: And you do have a whole business about setting up events for people. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So, um, I run a, a show called 100 Watt Club and we travel around the UK to different venues and we have a I have a rotating cast. Different people come and perform each night, but also um, provide entertainment for people's weddings and corporate events and parties. And that's really fun to see someone's kind of vision come to life and just see their guests just having the best time. Um, so that's what we do there. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's just... I know if I had a big party, I would want to see that kind of entertainer there. So to be able to provide that that like little magic element is so lovely.
1: I would like to give you an opportunity to share with our audience all the different ways to connect with you, and I will also put it in the show notes. Well, thank you very much. If anyone would like to connect
2: with me, come with open arms and honesty, please. Um, you can catch me email, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter even, anywhere you like. I'm open and I'll always reply as long as you are respectful.
1: (laughs) This has been an absolute fab time, to use a British term. (laughs) 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 I so appreciate you joining me and sharing your story. I may have come to you wanting to talk about this amazing 80s fitness thing that you do which I love every bit of but it is so nice to see all the different layers of lena and getting to explore all of them and know that there is this wonderful amazing human living in the UK. That is such an inspiration to all. And uh, hopefully we've inspired some people to take their inner shine and shine it bright more than a hundred watts.
2: Oh, that was a lovely outro you've made as well up. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Really nice way to spend the afternoon.
1: It is so much fun to discover a person for one reason and then find out there's so much more about them. We thank Lena for joining us on the show and look forward to keeping in touch with her in the future. Next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, Model, Performer, Actor, and now a Talent Relations Person. We meet the amazing Anastasia Pierce, a legend in the fetish model world, next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always what women and
0: other wonderful humans want connects with you we invite you to follow us on social media check us out at what women want p1 on twitter what women want podcast on instagram and for our kinky friends on fetlife at wwwpodcast. podcast this has been a presentation of dating kinky kinky done differently